Oh, I just started. Welcome back to the Whole Nine Yards podcast. It's been a pretty significant amount of time. Uh, both Brandon and I have had COVID. I still technically have it right now. Um, so, you know, this is a virtual podcast meeting here through Zoom. Um, it's been a while, but we'll get into the swing of things here. We'll actually start with the draft. Um, a pretty uneventful draft, N not many trades, actually none in the lottery. Um, first initial reactions to the draft, Brandon? Yeah, uh, my first reactions to it was for the first couple of picks, it went, you know, as we thought it would. I don't think people, I think people mostly had that top three as most mock drafts uh, had it. Uh, nothing really surprised me um, that much in the first round. I'd say uh, Tyrese Halliburton slipping to 12 was pretty surprising, especially with the teams that passed them up. You know, with, you know, the Pistons, they took Killian Hayes over Halliburton. You know, that could call it, that's kind of controversial only because people think Halliburton's going to be better than Hayes. But um, other than him slipping and you could say Patrick Williams at four, I don't, I didn't really think there was that much, um, you know, controversy or anything crazy that we didn't expect. And obviously when you get later in the first round, you know, it's so many trades and so many things that happen, so you can't really say anything, but I thought for the first, I thought for the lottery, it wasn't as different as most people thought. Yeah, uh, I thought Jalen Smith was a reach and then on a kind of a weird pick by the Suns just because he's going to be like, I guess he's just going to be backup center and you're just drafting to replace Aaron Baines, which is cool. I mean, I don't, I, I don't know. Like, I, like unless, unless you're going to have him next to DeAndre Eaton. I think, yeah, I think the thought was him to back up at first and go into a starting role, but yes, I would say yes to progress a decent amount for him to be a starter next to Eaton. Yeah, we'll see how that plays out, but that was weird. Uh, I thought the Wizards had a good – I thought the Wizards got lucky getting of D-Hot 9. I guess you would have rather had a Kungler just because you need a big man, but I thought of D-Hot was going to go fourth. I didn't think that Patrick Williams would get selected all the way at four, so I thought of D-Hot was a good pick at nine. Oh, uh, yeah, I mean, Halliburton slipping to 12 was pretty surprising. I was pretty surprised that the Knicks selected Obi Toppin at eight. I personally don't really like the pick. Uh, I'm not – I just don't see the upside in drafting, like, a 22-year-old 22 in the draft because he's basically the same age as, like, a lot of NBA players. Uh, the defense isn't great. I don't, I don't know how – I mean, you're a Knicks fan, so I'm not sure how you feel about it. But Well, the one thing I'll say is you're right. Like, the defense isn't great, but I think he's – got a really polished offensive game. And I think him being 22, I think he'll be 23 when the season starts, or at least when the season's going, he'll be 23. So he obviously is older, but I think that's like, that's never a bad thing because he knows he's had more experience than guys who are 19 and played one year of college basketball. So I don't think it's the worst thing, but also him being in the defensive system, I think helps because that's the one thing that he lacks um, in his game is defense. So I don't think it's – I think that's the guy that they wanted all along. So, I can't really knock him for that pick. Like, with Halliburton being there, you know, like, if Obi wasn't their guy, then I would have taken Halliburton. But he was their guy the entire time. So, I can't – I don't think you could say anything bad about the pick. I think it's – I mean, I just think it's a very scary pick just because, you know, when you draft someone that is 22 and everyone else being drafted is 18 or 19, like, Obi Toppin's got to start producing day one, whereas, like – 
Killian Hayes has a couple years where he could, I guess, technically do not much. And then he could just come up and just, you know, third year he could start going off. Like, I don't know. I just think it's, it's pretty scary. But, yeah, I'm not – I mean, we'll see how it plays out. But Well, they did clear $40 million in cap space. So, I would say they probably get – we may get into this later, but he may get like a Hayward or a Westbrook which means that they're not just going to be – like, if they get one of the two, they'll probably be competing for a playoff spot. So, I think he could produce – like like you said, like he has to produce right away. But, like, I think he'll be just – if they get, like, a Westbrook or a Hayward, I think he'll be just fine because he'll have to do what his role is asking him to do. And, again, the defense is going to be a problem, but I think offensively he's going to be just fine. Westbrook, maybe they'll be able to compete. They'll probably be able to compete for a, pay, a playoff spot, but – I don't think Hayward's good enough to the point where it makes the Knicks a playoff team, but yeah. Well, I don't know. I mean, in the East, and you, since you cleared 40 mil, I mean, he's not going to take up that much. So you could add other pieces. But, I mean, yeah, I think they'd still be competitive, though. Potentially. Like, yeah, I mean, I guess the East is pretty bad. Moving off of the draft, though, uh, moving on to a couple trades that have happened, one that, you know, uh, happened a little bit ago. Um, the Phoenix Suns acquired uh, Chris Paul in a trade with the OKC Thunder. They got they had to trade away. Well, the Thunder got Ubre, Rubio, Ty Jerome, Jalen Lequeux. I don't even know who that is. And a uh, first round pick. Um, I don't understand this uh, from the Suns. Like I get it. You know, you want to keep Booker and you want to compete. But I also just flat out don't think that getting Chris Paul makes you a contender off the bat. I still don't think this roster is talented enough. I, I'm, I'm a big Booker guy and I love Booker. Aiton's a solid pick, although not as good as Doncic and Trey Young. But I just, you know, this team will be able to compete for like a six seed. Maybe if you get lucky, you get, like, a fifth or a four seed. I, I doubt it, but maybe. But, like, Chris Paul's not enabling this team to win a championship. I can guarantee that. So I, re- I really think the the only play that the front office has with this trade is, like, hopefully this just, like, makes our organization look promising and want and makes other free agents want to come here. I mean, I don't know. What do you think? I think it was a trade they probably had to make. Uh, like you said, like they have to make sure that Booker's gonna stay long term, even though he signed a contract. You like, you know, people can always force their way out of situations. So if they didn't make a trade, and which means they most likely wouldn't have made the playoffs, he probably would have forced his way out. But I think this gives them a chance. I would say they're in between the seven. They have to be the seven and eight seed. Like if they're gonna get in the playoffs, there's just way too many teams in the West for them to get inside the top six. I would say, but. I don't think it's, like, that bad of a trade. I, again, I think it's something they had to do. But I think they'll be competitive. I mean, again, Chris Paul is 35, and then he's going to be 36 when the season starts. So, you know, he's only going to be there for, like, you know, two years of him being, like, a fringe-level all-star. So that's – I mean, getting back to the draft a little bit, I wouldn't have minded them taking Halliburton there because if Paul's going to be there for two years – or three years, you know, depending. Halliburton could step into that starting role and be obviously a lot younger. And it could be Halliburton, Booker, and Aiden. So uh, I think that 
could have been a much better pick for them at 10 instead of Jalen Smith. But, I mean, obviously they think they can get into the playoffs with the roster that they have now. So, Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I think, I mean, for OKC, uh, it's a good trade. You know, you get what you can get from Chris Paul. Ultimately, you've gotten so many picks now from the the Russell Westbrook trade, getting what you initially got. Now this, then you traded Ubre to the Warriors and got a first round pick for that. So you've you've gotten a lot, and it's honestly kind of crazy to see how many first round picks the Thunder have gotten. Um, the one thing I will say about that though is that I think they've got about what I think it's seventeen first round picks from between now and twenty twenty six, and. Yeah. Uh, I think the one scary thing as a Celtics fan that I've seen is like, you know, teams will realize like, okay, you're not going to use all these picks. Like you have to trade them away and picks slowly start to lose value when they probably shouldn't. So it's going to be scary for Sam Presti. I think he's going to start to realize that at some point he's going to have to trade away picks and he's going to have to trade them away for probably lower than their actual value. Um, well, the only thing I'd say is, at least in the Celtics situation, they were banking on those couple picks that they had. Like, they had, like, the Memphis pick and the Brooklyn pick, and they thought those were just going to be, like, you know, the number one pick, and it didn't really turn out that way. So I think that the only way – I think, like, the two situations are different. Even though they're both banking on, like, these draft picks down the line that were going to end up being good. Later, later half – like to, of of all the Celtics picks, but back in like twenty fifth, like back initially when they made that Nets pick, sorry that Nets trade, and a couple years after that when it was like they had like a really bad team and they had just traded for Isaiah Thomas, they had a lot a lot of picks. I mean I don't even remember all of them at this point, but it was I mean they were in the same similar territory. I mean they just had it happened to work out to the point where. You know, they had like that Nets pick and that Memphis pick or whatever. But I mean, I don't know. I just think it's, I don't know. I, like everyone's making comments about Sam Presti running laps around the league, which may be true. Uh, I also wouldn't be super confident, like as a, you know, as a Thunder fan, you also have to like, you have to hit on the picks and you also have to realize you're not drafting all 17 of these picks and that you can't keep you can't keep hoarding all these picks and you gotta eventually trade some away and you actually probably have to start that process sometime soon before the before the picks lose their value well the one thing that they have is that they have Shea who's going to be an all-star and could be like a superstar like a top 10 player in the league but he's definitely going to be an all-star but they have him so that's one and Look, they're trading all their guys this year. They had a new coach. So, like, they're probably going to be one of the worst teams in the West. Um, I don't see them making the playoffs. Like, last year, I think it was that was really just Chris Paul. But this year, they're definitely not going to make the playoffs. And they'll probably be one of the worst teams in the league, which means they'll, you know, get a high pick. And you're right. They're not going to draft all those picks, 17. They're not going to draft with all those picks. But since you already have Shea, if you can, in this next draft, which is going to be a really, it's going to be a, like 10 times better than this draft that we just had. If they can get another star and then you, you know, you work all those draft picks that you had, you could trade for people because like free agents aren't going to sign with OKC. So you're going to have to use those picks to trade. 
So I would say next off season or this off season after that, by the time they get that second star, you would hope from this next draft, they're probably going to make a big move for a guy who can take him from being like a 35 to 41 team to, you know, like a 51 team. Next off season. I mean, it could be as early as off, uh, next off season, but it could also be, it'd probably be not this, like the off season after that. I mean, I just think that, I don't know, like OKC is not a place that free agents are going to want to go. So you're going to have that. Well, that's why I use the draft picks to trade for them though. Yeah. Because like, like I said, next year, they're most likely going to be pretty bad. So they'll get a top pick. But I'm sure somebody, some star in some place will get disgruntled. Yeah, potentially. I mean, I'm curious to Speaking about Shea, I'm, I'm curious to see if he's going to be a one or a two or a three. I, I feel like he, we don't know yet. Um, I mean, like, I would say he's like a two, but it's like it's way too early. It's only his second year this year, so. Yeah, yeah, we'll see. I mean, the, the, But he's going to be a guy who's going to give you 26 and seven, you know. Yeah, yeah. Moving on to a, a different trade. Uh, the Pelicans shipped Drew Holiday away to the the Milwaukee Bucks. Uh, the Bucks agreed to trade George Hill, Eric Bledsoe, three first round picks and two pick swaps for Drew Holiday. A pretty significant package. What are your initial reactions given what the Bucks gave up? Well, I think it's too much, and in the situation that they're in, like I know why they made the deal and why they had to give up as much as they did, but it's still too much. It's you're trading for a guy who's at best, a three on a championship team. So to give up, I mean, basically what they gave up was what the Lakers gave up for AD. Now, obviously the players weren't the same with, you know, like Ingram, Kuzma, and Ball, but it was, if you kind of look at the two trades, it was very similar. And obviously, like, who would you rather have, Anthony Davis or Drew Holiday? So I, again, I understand why they made the trade, but they definitely gave up way too much. Yeah, I mean, I think they definitely gave up a good amount. Um, George Hill <clears throat> George Hill's a solid backup point guard in this league Eric Bledsoe's a solid player although I think the Bucks were kind of sick of him uh, I don't think they were in love with what they were paying him and then I also I mean Eric Bledsoe we've seen him just choke time and time again in the playoffs and just not show up at all really uh, I think the Bucks were sick of that I mean clearly that's kind of why they made this trade uh, I, I think the fir- the three first rounders and two pick swaps. It's definitely a lot, but I mean, if you have if you're gonna have Giannis for we'll call it five years, five at least five more years, then like these picks are gonna be you know none of them will be in the lottery presumably. So, but again, that's you have to keep Giannis though. Yeah, I, I mean, I guess this the. I'm- I mean, do you think this is enough to keep Giannis? I think this trade shows me that the Bucks know they have Giannis, and they made this trade to try to compete. I'm not. I'm not sure about that. I don't think that they. I don't think the Bucks said, you know what, in a desperation move to try to keep Giannis, we'll do this. I think they said, all right, we already know we have Giannis. He wants to stay here. He wants to sign this contract. Let's try to win now. Let's just try to 
while we while these picks still have some sort of value, let's trade them away and let's try to get let's you know let's try to win now. So they traded the picks, they got Drew Holiday. It seems like they gave up a lot, but if in the near future, you know, the report comes out that Giannis is going to be signing the supermax. Well, I mean, this trade seems a lot better for the Bucks, right? Yeah, I mean, if he does sign the Supermax, and yeah, I think, again, it'd still be too much to give up, but if it was meant to keep Giannis, then it's definitely worth it, so. I mean, I don't even know if it is too much to give up. Uh, like, three first-round, two pick swaps, I mean, that's not the worst ever. It just means that you can't, you don't really have a draft capital trade for someone else if you need someone else, because you're not really going to have free agents sign in Milwaukee. Uh... If it's Giannis, not, it's yeah. not, it's, it's a smaller market. It's only big in quotations because Giannis is there. No, I, yeah, but Giannis is there. So I think what makes it different from like OKC right now is that OKC doesn't have a star. Mil- Milwaukee has Giannis. I think there'd be people that would go there just because Giannis is there. A star or like role players? Um, I think a star. I mean, I'm not like not LeBron, not yeah, like a like an all star, like a like Bradley like, Beal, like a Drew Holiday, but not Drew Holiday. Well, it has to be something better than Drew Holiday, though. Does it though? I mean, Drew Holiday is pretty good. Yeah, but he's one. He's he's older, so he's gonna. I'm not saying he's gonna be declining, but he's not gonna be improving. And he's someone who is really good on defense, but his offensive game's good, but not great, and. I don't know. I just, I mean, they get, I mean, if you look at the trade, I mean, like George Hill, he led the NBA in three point percentage last year. And what you need around Giannis is shooters. So, and even Bledsoe was pretty good from three also, just in the playoffs. He was rather injured. He was just inconsistent in the playoffs. So, I don't know. I think the Bogdanovich signing for them, them not getting him in that trade, I think that's pretty significant because he's a shooter and he's a playmaker. Yeah, that trade might still go through, but. I heard that the Bucks are off. Maybe they are. That that, think, that would be unfortunate if that trade didn't go through for the Bucks, but Yeah. And Giannis has till December twenty first to sign that extension. So I mean, we'll see if he signs that by December twenty first. Because if he doesn't, then he's most likely leaving. Unless unless they win the championship. But even then I'm not even sure. I mean I think I definitely think Giannis stays. I've been I'm a believer that Giannis is probably staying, which is why I'm more favorable to this trade. Like, I don't think that giving up what they gave up was actually that much. You probably like George Hill more than I do. You well, I mean, like, it's a backup point guard, yeah. I, I don't – I mean, I, like – I mean, Eric Bledsoe has been a significant reason why this team has continued to just – underperform in the playoffs well that's also on Giannis too it's also definitely on Giannis like you know Giannis definitely has holes in his game you know like shooting uh but like Bledsoe just he just doesn't show up in at all really like he was not he was I mean that Miami series was just so bad and I think you make this trade for a series like that Miami series I think, I don't know, I just, I mean, I'm not, I won't stay on it any longer, really, but I, I don't think that the, the three 
picks, two pick swaps. Hill and Bledsoe is too much for Holiday right now. I mean, if Giannis leaves, then that's definitely too much because you just ruined your franchise for the next five-plus years. Yeah. Again, if he stays, then it's worth it. But if he doesn't, it's, it's not, obviously. Moving on to not a trade, but one of the – probably the most unfortunate thing that's happened in the NBA so far, Clay Thompson – basically tore his Achilles uh, playing, I want to say it was like a pickup game in Los Angeles or something, I want to say. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, just super devastating for the Warriors. Uh, They thought they were going to be going all out this year, you know, coming back from last year after essentially throwing in the towel from day one after Curry broke his wrist or hand or whatever it was. Clay Thompson had already had his ACL torn from the year before that. So, you know, this year was supposed to be their, like, tank year, get a good player from the draft and come back and be ready to go. Thompson out out for the year. They just traded for Oubre. Um, I mean, I'm not that, – that trade's not going to do much if, if Thompson's out for the year, in my opinion. I don't know. What do you think? It's – I mean, it's just – yeah, it, it does. It sucks because the, I was super excited to watch the Warriors this year. Yeah, I it definitely sucks. Um, you're right. Like, you know, with everything that happened last year like in the 2020 season, I mean, they were going to be coming back at full strength for the top pick. And obviously Thompson goes down, so that kind of derails that. I still think they're a playoff team. I would say they're probably in the 6, 7, 8 range depending on how, you know, Curry can play. But um, it they probably would have been a top four seed if Thompson was there. So I think their chances for a championship this year, I would say their, you know, dynasty that they had, that's most likely over, unless Wiseman just turns into, like, the best player. And I, 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 pro- I think that they probably don't win another championship. I think Curry's done. Like, not done, but, like, like if I had to bet on it, I would say that they do not win another championship in Curry's career. I would agree with that, unless they get, you know, like, unless they get, like, a Giannis, but. Yeah, unless they get, like, you know, but assuming that they, with the Splash Brother, I think the Splash Brother era is, like, the dynasty, I think it's over. Yeah, I think the farthest they would get, like if they, you know, keep like basically like the same team, no like huge additions. I would say the the farthest they get would be the conference finals. With the teams in the West, I like I just don't see them beating. Like even when LeBron retires or leaves or whatever he's gonna do, like there's so many teams in the West, there's just no way. I definitely thought that they had a chance with Thompson, honestly. Yeah, same. Uh, it's so unfortunate because that team's going to be so fun it was going to be so I was uh, I was so excited to watch that Warriors team play like the Clippers and the Lakers and and he's not he's not like when he comes back he's not going to be the same player so yeah I mean it, it won't when he comes back it'll have been what like three seasons since he's played it would have been at least two but you'd probably think you know like two and a quarter two and a half something like that yeah, uh, he's probably. I mean, Thompson will probably not be an an elite an elite, elite elite defender anymore. I mean, you assume yeah. he'll still be the best one or a top five shooter in the league. 
Yeah, I don't think it's going to affect his offensive game as much as well as defensive. But you don't think it's going to affect his defensive game? No, I said it, his offensive game won't be as effective. Like, defense-wise, he, like, went from, like, one of the best, like, perimeter and wing defenders. So, you know, he'll probably be, like, average now, only because he just won't be able to move it. Like, you just can't keep up that consistency of lateral quickness and movement like that with the torn uh, ACL and then the Achilles. There's just no way. No, not to, I mean, he's also just getting older. Yeah, I think. Yeah. Yeah, so we'll see how that works out. But pretty devastating for the Warriors. All right, we're going to talk uh, possible trade scenarios. Um, there's obviously the news before the draft was that Harden wants out of Houston, same with Westbrook. And Harden wants to go to the Nets, but, I mean, seeing what the Rockets want in return, I don't see a trade to the Nets really happening. Um, I think the more likely suitor is Philly because they want a young star and they have Ben Simmons. So I would say he probably ends up in Philly if he even gets traded. But what do you think about it? I don't think Harden gets traded this offseason. It's just because I think – Philly wants to give Embiid Simmons at least another first start of the year uh, with Doc Rivers as head coach. Maybe if, you know, after the first 20 games, Philly is 10 and 10, then they call up Houston and say, all right, we'll give you Simmons, uh, give us Harden. But uh, yeah, I mean, I don't know, like, I mean, Harden's definitely not going to Brooklyn, like, Brooklyn just doesn't have any ass. Well, they have like Levert, Dinwiddie, Jared Allen. Uh, I mean, they, they just don't have they just don't have like James Harden assets to give up. They don't have a young star. Uh, I just don't see Houston trading Harden for Levert, Dinwiddie, and picks. I also think Brooklyn like they just got their picks. They have all their picks now, so like I feel like they probably want to try to not trade away their like their future again like they did last whenever that was five plus years like 2013 yeah so I I mean I think if Harden gets traded it's probably to Philly I agree on with that Westbrook uh, I mean Westbrook's tough just because it's tough to know how teams view him Uh, like I at least I know I mean if I was and then a GM of a team looking purely just to eventually try to win a championship that I, I definitely wouldn't be looking to trade for Westbrook. Uh, even if it was giving up like little to nothing, I, I wouldn't really be that interested in trying. Um, I think the biggest reason you trade for Westbrook is to get some notoriety to your organization and, you know, bring some winning if your organization has just not been winning recently. Like, I guess like the the Hornets or maybe the the Knicks, a, a team like that that maybe just looks to try to win some games so they can maybe get some free agents. Uh, especially the Knicks, I think, just because. I mean, they've been they just haven't won at all recently, and it's they've been trying to bring free agents in, and they're like. People like Durant, Kyrie, <coughs> are just been, they've been, all the free agents have been so scared to go there. And I mean, I don't blame them, that's for sure. So I think if you were to bring in someone like Westbrook 
and Westbrook does kind of bring some stability to that organization. He just, you know, goes off and they, they wouldn't win anything serious, but they'd make the playoffs in the East probably, maybe even getting up to like that four seed. Uh, well, I don't think they'd get to the four seed, but. They, I mean, if Westbrook has like an MVP triple-double year. No, I, well, I think even though the East isn't that as good as the West, I think the top – Probably not, The top like five, six teams I think are like, you know, the, the, the one through six. I think if Westbrook goes to the Knicks, they'd be a seven or eight. I mean, I think they'd – I think they would – I think they'd be a seven or eight, but there's a – I mean, I guess there's a chance that they'd maybe – if he has I mean, do you see them being being better than the Bucks, Sixers, Celtics, Heat, Nets? Even having a better record than like the Nets. Nah, I don't see that. I could see them having a better record than the Heat, honestly. Right? I wouldn't. I wouldn't pick them in a series, but. I mean, I don't see them having a better record, but. Like I mean, I don't know. Like I could see uh, whatever. I mean, I. I I guess I'm saying, I mean, the Knicks would bring Russell Westbrook in just for that stability and that just like, just to win some sort of something. But if you're, I mean, I don't know if you're any, if you're Brooklyn, if you're Los Angeles Clippers or any team looking to make another, to add another piece to go into the year, I I don't think that that piece is Russell Westbrook. And I think people have seen why he just, his game just, uh, he just isn't built to like win. <laughs> I feel like that's hard to say, kind of, because he's won an MVP and he still is a very good player, but his play style just doesn't help. Just doesn't help a team all that much, um, especially when there's somebody better than him that also needs the ball, and on any team that is looking to win a championship. Uh, there's going to be a player or two that are better than him. Like, I guess in Los Angeles, I mean, I don't think that he would, if you, if he were to be on the Clippers with George and Leonard, I mean, he'd be the third best player on that team and he'd ha- he'd have to have the ball way too much to make it worth it. And even then I wouldn't be a fan of that trade if I were the Clippers. Yeah, no, I wouldn't be, I wouldn't like that trade uh, for the Clippers, but I think like if he's going to get traded, which I think he's definitely more possible than Harden to get traded. I would, I probably agree with you. I don't think they trade him, but if they do, it's the Philly, but I really don't even see them trading him. Um, but I think Westbrook to New York is, that's probably, that's his only fit. If he's going to leave Houston, because like with Charlotte, you know, they got LaMelo, so they're not, they don't need Westbrook. Um, but I think if you put him on the Knicks, you know, like, you just let him do what he did in OKC, which is, you know, have the ball, you know, like 80% of the time and, you know, shoot 25 shots a game. And then you're going to win probably 35 games if you have Westbrook on the Knicks, I would say, 35, 30, 35 games, I think. So that's probably the playoffs, probably an eight seed, maybe a seven seed, probably an eight seed, though. So, and I think they just need to get in the playoffs. Like, they need some type of success. So I think that's what they need to do is just make a trade and not keep rebuilding and having these 21 seasons because like if you win games like then it translates to the players because 
you're not just losing every season and knowing you're going like you know you're going to be 20 and 60 at the end of every season so even if you can just win 30 35 games it's just more confidence in the young guys yeah i mean personally i'm not like a fan of any of the next young guys like i mean now Lakina, dennis smith kevin knox uh, i feel like they're all kind of garbage but I think they're in top and are pretty. I mean, at least we don't know about top and yet, but I would say they definitely have more upside. And same with Mitchell Robinson. Robinson, I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't know. I I think it's difficult. Like, there's, I'm not, I'm not sure what I would decide in this place. But it's like, yes, the Knicks need success, but do they need it to the point where they're willing to bring in Russell Westbrook? Well, there's no one else to bring in, so yeah. Yeah. I just think they need some type of success because obviously they've been trying to do the same thing for the last five, seven years and it hasn't been working. So you need to, you got to change it up somehow. Yeah. It might just, that might be the play here in the mix to bring in Westbrook. All right. Now we're going to switch on to NFL. So since we've been gone uh, these last two weeks, we wanted to just do a quick review of what's, been going on uh, and we want to start with the Dolphins so they're now six and three Uh, they're coming off three straight wins since putting two at quarterback Uh, he's beaten the Rams Cardinals and the Chargers and he's looked pretty good Um, I wasn't the biggest fan of him coming out of college uh, especially in with these other rookie quarterbacks how they've been playing but he's been pretty good Uh, he hasn't been turning the ball over his mixed smart plays and the three and outs you can't argue with that and I think the way their defense has been playing, uh, it's one of the top defenses in the league. I wouldn't be surprised if they could, you know, win that division from the Bills, especially with that terrible loss against the Cardinals that the Bills had. Yeah, the Dolphins can definitely – this is – the AFC is definitely a winnable division. I mean, obviously the Pats aren't the same they've been the past 20 years. I mean, the Bills, it depends on how you view them, but I don't view them all that highly. I definitely think the Dolphins – have at least potential to be the better team of the two. Uh, I definitely think that Tua has the potential to be the better quarterback than Allen. I think they have the potential to have the better defense for sure. The Bills' defense has not been good this year, uh, which to me was kind of surprising. But, I mean, the Dolphins Dolphins have played awesome. Uh, Tua, at least going into the draft, was my favorite quarterback. I liked him more than Burrow and Herbert. so far, he's played probably the third best, although he's definitely not played bad. Um, but, yeah, I mean, the Dolphins have played their best football. Brian Flores is – so far, he's probably looked like the best Bill Belichick disciple, um, which is crazy to say because he's coached in, like, um, not even two years yet. But, I mean, he's looked better than basically every other Bill Belichick disciple – yeah, and looking at the Dolphins' next three games, they're playing the Broncos and the Jets and the Bengals. So you know, those are three winnable games. Um, and even if they just go two and one, then they're eight and four. And with how the Bills – I mean, the Bills have been very inconsistent this year so far. Like, they had that great win against Seattle. They should have – they shouldn't even really won that Arizona game because Cardinals like kind of choked that game down the stretch. But – you know, with 50 seconds left, they were winning the game. So, um, I think, I mean, based on these next couple of weeks, I think the Dolphins can 
win this division, which would be crazy to think about, you know, from the beginning of the year. We thought the Dolphins were going to be winning this division, but. I mean, they could easily end up 10 and six. The only, so the tough opponents they play for the rest of the year, the Chiefs, Pats, Raiders, and Bills. I mean. The Pats game is home. And the Pats game, they are home. I mean, they could easily, you know, only lose two more games this year and end up 11 and five. Yeah, I would say at best they're eleven and five. At best eleven and five. I think at worst they go nine and seven probably. And at nine and seven, they're a wild card team. So at I would say seven. they're making the playoffs this year, no doubt about it. Yeah, they're probably gonna make the they're yeah, they're probably gonna make the playoffs this year. Moving on to the NFC South, uh, looking at a team that I personally have had my doubts on, and that's the New Orleans Saints. Uh, since we've been gone though, they've proven me wrong for sure um i took the buccaneers i want to say the bucks minus five against the saints a couple weeks ago and the saints won 38 to three it was one it was probably one of tom brady's if not his worst uh game of his career uh awful showing by the bucks and the saints played absolutely outstanding and they now sit atop the division and it's theirs to lose uh breeze is now you know, he's hurt and he's on IR, which means he's out for at least the next three weeks, um, which is unfortunate for the Saints. Uh, they just announced that Taysom Hill is going to be their starting quarterback going into this Sunday's game. Uh, initial reactions that Taysom Hill has been named the starter over Jameis Winston. Well, I think there's a couple, like, reactions people could have. It's that Sean Payton just really loves Taysom Hill that much that he named him starting quarterback. Um, I mean, he does know the playbook. He's been there for a couple of years while Jameis, you know, just got there. But Or it's that Jameis just – they just don't trust him at all. Um, you know, obviously the years that he's had in the past with the Bucks, you know, he's, he can only turn the ball over. But for him, I mean, I was kind of surprised when they announced that it was Taysom Hill starting and not Jameis only because, I mean, you could say what you want about Jameis, but he was a – starting quarterback in the NFL for five years. I mean, that's, you know, you might think that's not that impressive, but that's pretty impressive um, when you look at quarterbacks in the league and how easily they could get benched or get hurt and then they're never even starting again. So it's kind of surprising that they announced Taysom Hill quarterback, but I mean, they can't, they really can't afford a loss. Even though they've beaten the Bucks twice, they, they really have to win. They probably have to win 12, 13 games to win the division. So you think the Saints have to win 12 or 13 to win the division, you said? Yeah. I yeah. I don't know what the Bucks are going to do, but I I mean, I think we can both agree the Bucks will most likely end up with like 11, 12 wins, right? Yeah, no, I, I agree. I think the Saints probably have to – I mean, Hill has to play outstanding. Thankfully, they their schedule looks relatively easy. I mean, they go Falcons, then they have the Broncos, and then they have the Falcons again for the next few weeks. Uh, so – if Breeze comes back the week after that, they get the Eagles. Uh, that should be an easy game for Breeze. And then after that, you have the Chiefs, which will be tough. But um, I think in a normal scenario, most scenarios, the Saints should only lose one more game for the rest of the year. Like, they really yeah. should. Yeah, I would say at best they lose one game. But 
I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if they lost one of these Atlanta games, especially if Breeze isn't going to be playing. So I wouldn't be surprised if they lost yeah, one of these games. I wouldn't be surprised. I mean, they shouldn't, but yeah. I mean, we'll see how Taysom Hill plays. I, I mean, I'm not a Taysom Hill guy for sure. Yeah, Sam. Like, I, I don't know. Maybe, maybe I would expect them to lose one. If I'm not, I don't know. Maybe I do expect them to lose one of these games. We'll see. I mean, the only thing is that the offense is just going to look completely different than it has. So, I mean, maybe that can throw teams off. But I would say after, like, the three weeks, if it's still Hill starting for these three weeks, after the third week, I'd say they get pretty predictable in that he can't really do much as a quarterback. So it's going to be a lot of, you know, running and trick plays and Camara and, you know, slant, stuff like that. So I would say after a couple of weeks of film, they're not going to be as effective. But who knows? Maybe – you know, maybe they still will be after three weeks. I, it doesn't seem like Breeze is going to need more than three weeks to come back. So I think you just hope that Breeze can come back after that second Atlanta game. I, uh, I'm curious if Hill starts the whole three weeks. I'm, I mean, I'd assume he would if he plays well. But I'm, not, I'm not sure. But I think if he plays really bad this week and they lose, uh, I mean – I wouldn't be surprised if Winston's starting because, again, they, they really can't afford to lose games if they want to win the division or at least get the number one seed. Because yeah. right now they're – I mean, they're the – I think record-wise they're the best team in the NFC, so. Yeah, they definitely can't afford to lose more than two games. Honestly, I don't even know if they can afford to lose more than one the rest of the year, but. Yeah, I mean, they're – Right now, they have the same record as Green Bay. Tampa has one more loss in them. Obviously, the Saints have two, like, two wins on them. That's huge for division. And Seahawks are also 7-3. and three. So, you, you know, if you want the number one seed, you're, you can only afford to lose one game, most likely. Um, and if they want the division, I guess they technically have a two-game gap because they beat the Bucks twice. But, I mean, you'd at least have to tie them for record in order to win the division. So, yeah. Moving on to uh, two teams. One of them has been super surprising this year. Uh, they just had a Thursday night matchup, uh, the Cardinals and the Seahawks. Uh, it, it was a very interesting game. Um, it came down to the last play, essentially. Uh, a pretty, I, I guess I'd call it a duel between Russell Wilson and Kyler Murray. Uh, they both had pretty, pretty good games. I, I would say Russell Wilson had the better game. Uh, the Seahawks ended up winning twenty to twenty-one. It was a big win for the Seahawks because the Cardinals had won uh, the matchup earlier this year, and um, had the Cardinals won again, I mean the Cardinals would have taken over the division and not only had more wins and less losses than the Seahawks, but they would have had the head-to-head matchup. So the Seahawks winning this, it keeps them atop the division. Uh, and I mean, I definitely think the Seahawks need to win the division and they may even need a buy with how bad their defense is to even have a chance to make it to the Super Bowl. I'm not sure what you think. Yeah, their defense, they played a lot better uh, in that Thursday night game, but uh, it's definitely going to need to improve uh, over these last couple of games and going into the playoffs. But yeah, this was a huge win because if they lose this game, they're six and four and the Cardinals are seven and three and they have the tiebreaker with the head to head. And 
you're you'd honestly be looking at most likely a wild card for the Seahawks then if that was the situation. But with this win, uh, they're again the the Rams are also six and three. The Cardinals are six and four. So it's not the division; it's theirs. But if Wilson can get back to the way he was playing earlier in the season, obviously these last couple of weeks he had I think he had seven turnovers in two games, which was I mean I think he had like one over the first five games. So that was very surprising. Uh, but the way he played on Thursday night was he didn't have to do that much. He only had 197 yards, but he was 23 to 28, no turnovers, two touchdowns. And it was a game that seemed like it got him back on track. You at least hope for the rest of the season. Yeah. He had been committing a lot of turnovers as of recently. Um, I guess it was basically ever since we stopped recording uh, when he played out, he, he played horribly against the bills it was just a it was a horrible game. Uh, yeah, this Thursday was definitely a rebound for him, uh, a rebound for the Seahawks in general. It was a really uh, good game for the defense, like a hopeful game. Uh, the guy they traded for, Carlos Dunlap, at the deadline, he had two sacks, and he had the I, he yeah, he had the game winning sack, if you want to call it that. Uh, a pretty big play. Uh, I think that was on fourth. I, th- I want to say that was the last play of the game. Yeah, that was the last play of the game. Yeah, so that that was – I mean, I guess that was cool for Dunlap after being traded or whatever to have a play like that uh, on your new team. Oh, I guess it wasn't his first game, but still. Uh, and looking at the Cardinals, um, I mean, you have to – if you if you're a Cardinals fan, you still just have to be super happy with what you've seen this year. Uh, unfortunate that you lost that game, but – Kyler Murray has played just about as good as you can expect from a number one pick. Uh, Cliff Kingsbury has been better than I thought he would be. I, I don't think or know that I don't I don't mean I don't know that he's like the coach for the future or whatever. Um, but he definitely has not been a horrible coach for the Seahawks uh, for this Cardinals team so far this year. I mean six and four is just. I was so I'm I'm very surprised even with them losing that game, that is just, I don't know. I just, I was expecting them, them to go like six and 10 or seven and nine, but they're going to probably make the playoffs this year. Yeah. And especially with the way the division is, and even in the first week, they beat the Niners the first week. And that was a healthy Niners team. Like that was the Super Bowl team that they beat. They didn't beat the team that had all the injuries. So yeah. you can see it right from the first week that they were definitely a different team. And I agree with you. Like I would, I would have thought they'd probably at best go seven and nine again. Like you didn't really know that the Niners going to have all these injuries, but um, I've been surprised by them. I don't, I kind of agree with you. Like Kingsbury has been better than I would have thought, but you could see in that Thursday night game, he made some, he made some bad calls. Like he challenged the play. That challenge was really, really bad. Yeah. It just, I mean, who knows what would have happened, but it, it cost him a timeout and it was just like, it was never going to get overturned that challenge. Like it was clearly, um, Seahawks ball like it wasn't gonna they weren't gonna overturn it and then he also called a timeout when they he thought the play clock wasn't was gonna go to zero but they got the snap off but he still called timeout yeah that like, was I mean, those are just it's just young coach mistakes that you just can't can't have that happen if you're trying to win the division because like this was this was their uh, this was like the game for them to win I mean you win this game and not again not saying you're gonna win the division but I think the Seahawks are better than the Rams and you haven't had to head against the Seahawks. Uh, that's, you know, that's a pretty big step in winning the division. So. 
Oh yeah, I mean it would have been such a huge advantage. You, you they would have been you would have been seven and three. The Seahawks would have been six and four, and on the downturn. And I mean you would have been looking really great as a team. I mean it would have been it would have been a big win to have for sure. Not having that is unfortunate. And I mean yeah, I mean Kingsbury just didn't. I mean he he had a bad game, but I mean we'll see how he performs the rest of the year or whatever you want to call it. I mean the offense has certainly looked spectacular. So. Yeah, and the defense has been better uh, lately. Isaiah Simmons, their first-round pick, has been a lot better these last couple of weeks. Yeah. Uh, but their secondary is still a pretty big issue. I think their front seven is pretty good. Just their, it's their secondary that's letting them down. But mm-hmm. all right. Well, now we're going to get into the Pats, and I know Drew wants to talk about the Pats. Uh, they had a big win on Sunday night against the Ravens, uh, even though it was in a you know. A hurricane or tsunami, whatever that was. I mean, it was just raining. Uh, I mean, yeah, <laughs> win. Uh, the Patriots. I mean, they had to have it, right? Like, they were two and five a couple weeks ago. Before, before our last episode, they were two and five. Uh, they had just they just beat the Jets last week, barely. I mean, I thought the season was over. Uh, like the Jets win gave me made me more like upset or whatever than happy just because like the Jets are so bad and we barely beat them we had to come from behind to win uh, but the Patriots they played pretty well this game uh, Newton didn't really have a great game from the air but I mean he did his job he played a turnover free game Jacoby Myers I mean he has been like honestly incredible uh, these past couple weeks he had an awesome throw for a touchdown yeah his form actually like his throwing mechanics and this the ball he threw honestly has looked looked better than like all of Newton's throws which is funny uh and Myers also had five receptions for 59 yards last game which doesn't sound like a lot but he was he was the leading receiver um in a game that there wasn't a lot of throwing yards in so 59 yards actually kind of was a lot that game Uh, Myers is Myers is certainly uh, become our best receiver in my opinion um, especially when Edelman's not out there he's, he's just played incredible uh, Damian Harris had an absolutely just outstanding game against the Ravens uh, 22 carries for 100, 121 yards uh, he's looked great he's looked electric when he's he's been able to find holes and make make positive yardage plays when there's been nothing to be ha- to be had which is not something I uh, would be able to say about somebody like Sony Michelle. Um, so I, in my opinion, he's already better than Sony Michelle, who, and Michelle was a first rounder. Damian Harris was a third rounder. Um, and yeah, I mean, I, I just thought the offense, I mean, the offense played well considering the weather. Uh, they ran the ball extremely effectively. The offensive line did its job for sure. Um, looking at the Ravens side of things, I mean, Lamar, he, he's Lamar. Uh, I feel like yeah. all the things you have about Lamar were, I guess, not answered in this game. Uh, or maybe they were answered, I guess, but just not able to necessarily do it through the air. Uh, his throws don't always look great. More of just a running back in reality. Uh, but the Patriots defense, I mean, I'll give them credit. They played well against Lamar. Uh, they definitely stopped the Ravens offense for the most part. I think, and I, 
I think that J.C. Jackson had a pretty good game. Um, well, he's like five straight games of the pick, right? Yeah. I mean, he hasn't necessarily always played super well this year, but without have without Stephon Gilmore there, uh, J.C. Jackson did – he had an awesome game. He had an awesome game. Yeah, and I was looking at Patriots, their schedule. Like like you said, that was a huge win because if they lose that game, the season's over. I mean, they, they would have been three and six. I, I, I wouldn't have seen them making the playoffs, but they're four and five now. They play the Texans, Cardinals, Chargers, Rams, Dolphins, Bills, Jets. So it's not the it's not the hardest schedule, but it's not it's not the easiest schedule, but it's not the hardest schedule. Now, if you if you win this week against the Texans, you're five and five. And between the Cardinals, Rams, Dolphins, Bills, do you could just split those and go two and two. I mean, I'd assume you beat the Chargers and you beat the Jets. If you can go two and two in those four games, then I think you're nine and seven. Uh, yeah, you're from nine and seven, which is a playoff team. Are essentially allowed two more losses, and I think it comes from those four games: and Cardinals, Rams, Dolphins, Bills. I mean, if I had to pick two games that they lose this year, I'd probably pick the Cardinals and the Rams. But who knows, honestly? In Miami, is always tough for the Patriots. At least for Brady, it was. Yeah, always is tough. Uh, yeah, uh, but we could. I mean, yeah, we definitely can't afford to lose that game, though. No, you definitely can't. Not afford to lose that game. Like, we need to beat the, the Dolphins and the Bills, but we need to win both of those games. Also, I mean, if we want to chance the division, at least. I think division's probably out of it, unless the Bills and the Dolphins just struggle. But We have to win all but one game, and it'd have to be, like, against the Cardinals if we want to win the division. Yeah. But even just to make playoffs, you can only afford two more losses. Aiden yeah. doesn't get you the playoffs. So the AFC, there's so many teams that yeah, like at, even, nine, even nine and seven may not get nine, you in. Nine and seven probably might. It so depends. If we go nine and seven, I think it's a fifty-six percent chance that we make the playoffs. Because you'll have the Dolphins or Bills, either one. Obviously, the Pats. You'll have the Colts or Titans, either one, and probably the Raiders also, and then. Ravens, maybe Browns. So there's a lot of teams for those uh, three wildcard spots. There's a lot of competing teams, definitely. Definitely, definitely. So nine and seven is not a guarantee. I, I think I was – I think it's – I'm pretty sure it's a 56% chance at nine and seven to get in. I want to say it's a 56% chance for the Pats. Yeah. I don't know where that number came from, but I was listening to the radio, so and I heard that. But yeah, I mean, just overall, I guess it's. I mean, it's a it's a huge win for the Patriots. They had to have that game for sure. Although I will say it's hard to be super encouraged by just because it's such a one off, like game with like such dumb weather and. I, I think know. that I mean that's exactly what they needed though. Yeah. Like that type of like the weather, it, just everything worked in their favor. Honestly, I would say. Yeah, I mean the Patriots needed every bad snap that they could get, though. That's for sure. Yeah, it was really the two the two snaps. I mean that really, yeah, turned, like turned the game in the Patriots' way. Yeah. All right. Well, we're done highlighting uh, at least what we thought was the biggest storylines the last couple of weeks while we were gone. But we're gonna get into our picks for this week, and our to remind everyone our record. So we count it the last time we did it. Drew is eight and seven. I'm six and nine. 
Uh, that's through week 10. We've missed a couple weeks, but that's our record so far. And the first game we're going to talk about is Titans-Ravens, and the Ravens are minus six and a half. So what do you have there? I'm actually going to take the Ravens here. I am only taking the Ravens because they lost last week to the Patriots, and I'm expecting the rebound win. And I'm not a big, I'm not a big Titans fan. Never been a big uh, Tannehill guy. Derrick Henry is cool, but, I mean, I don't know. He's a running back. I'm not a big running back guy, like, in general, as a position. Um, I'm taking the Ravens to, to win by a touchdown, a solid touchdown, seven points. So I'll take the Ravens. Yeah, I'm also going to take the Ravens. I think I was a Titans guy earlier in the season, but they've been struggling lately, and they're kind of dead to me. So I'm going to go Ravens. I think – after the loss from last week, I think they just need – I think they're going to blow the Titans out, honestly, especially being at home. They're so much better at home than they are on the road, uh, the Ravens are. So I'm going to take Ravens. All right, our next game is Chiefs-Raiders, uh, and it's eight and a half for Kansas City. So what do you got? Um, you want to go first on this one? Actually, I got to think about it. I don't know. Yeah, I'll go. Um, I'm going to take – I'm going to take the Raiders. Um, Raiders, they beat the Chiefs in the first time they met. It was in Kansas City. The uh, Raiders beat them. But I'm not sure who will win this game. I'd probably pick Kansas City. But I, I, they always play close games, these two teams. And the Raiders being at home, I'm going to take, I'm going to take the Raiders. I think it will be a, a close game. Yeah, I'll agree with you on that. I'll go Raiders too. Yeah, I mean, eight – I was very tempted to go Chiefs, but eight and a half is, I mean, that's a lot. That's definitely a lot. Two scores, so. Yeah, I'll go Raiders, too. I think Carr will be able to keep it close. John Gruden's a solid coach. All right, our third game is going to be Rams-Bucks, and we have it at minus four for Tampa Bay. Uh, Do you want to start? Yeah, I'm going to take the Bucks here. Uh, I definitely think the Bucks will roll here. Uh, the Rams are going to have to go to Tampa. Um, I think four just isn't enough for me to take the Rams. I mean, I'm probably also just a bit of a Bucks homer maybe. Uh, the Bucks played super well last week against the Panthers. The offense looked too promising for me not to – Take the Bucks here, so I'll go Bucks. Yeah, I'm, I'm not trying to repeat picks, but I'm going Bucks also. I think, I think they win this game not easily, but they win by you know ten points uh, to fourteen points. I I don't know. I'm not the biggest guy on the Rams. Maybe some people are. I don't know what you feel about the Rams, but I've never been a big guy for the Rams, especially these last two years now. Ever since the Super Bowl run, um, they just have been very. I don't know. They've been even though they're six and three, which I think is kind of surprising, at least to me. Um, I don't know. They've been it's just kind of inconsistent. So I'm gonna go Bucks. I mean, I'm kind of I I'm kind of a Rams guy, but I'm more of a Bucks guy for sure. I think the Bucks probably win by at least seven points here. So yeah, so I think we're in agreement there on that. Uh, next game, uh, we have Packers Colts. Uh, we have actually Indianapolis is minus two, which I think is kind of surprising. Yeah, I'm taking the Packers. I mean, I just I'm not a I'm not a Colts fan at all. I get the Colts are at home, which is why they are favored by two. Uh, 
Uh, but no, I'm going to take the Packers here to to probably even just win the game outright uh, by a field goal. Uh, I think the Packers are just a bit too good. Um, I think that their offense, I mean, Aaron Rodgers at the end of the day is just so much better than Phillip Rivers. Yeah, I'm, I'm, again, I'm not trying to repeat picks, but hey, the Packers are a much – I'm not even that big of a Packer guy, but they're way better than the Colts are. And, again, I'm kind of surprised that it's minus two for Colts. I know they're home, but I don't really see how – I don't really see how I could go Colts here. Like, I think the Packers are just a much better team. Um, so, I'm going Packers. I think they, they would definitely cover, and I would say they – I mean, they went out, right, so – all right, yeah. in our what? No, it's just you go, go, go. All right, and for our last game, we're we have Falcons Saints. Uh, Saints are minus three and a half, and it's the first game without Drew Brees. So, yeah, I'm I I really don't know who I want to take here, uh, but I'm gonna take the Falcons. Um, I'll take them to I'll take the three and a half with. And, I mean, I don't know that they win this game, but I guess Taysom Hill as a starting quarterback kind of scares me. Uh, I guess I'll take the, the Saints to win by a field goal, but that means the Falcons will still cover. So, I'm not – I mean, I, the Saints are home. Uh, so, maybe that – maybe the Saints – I don't know. I, I'll take the Falcons, though. I I'm too scared to take the Saints because of Taysom Hill, and I'm definitely not a Taysom Hill guy. I think the Falcons actually, they're like, a, they're one of the best teams with one of the worst records, I guess. Like, they're not as bad as other two and one and zero and three win teams. Uh, so I'll take the Falcons. Yeah, I, I agree with you on that point that the Falcons, they're like, they're one of the best teams that are you know, three and six or, you know, two and seven, whatever. So I think they're actually pretty good, but um, I'm going to go, I'm going to go, I'm going to go Saints. They try to have a different choice. I mean, I think we've been the same every single time. So I'm going to go Saints. Um, I'm not that confident in Taysom Hill, but I think Saints being home and the way they've been playing recently, obviously that was a breeze, but I think it's basically just going to be Camara. They're going to be running the ball, I think, the entire time and doing these trick plays, read options, uh, RPOs. Uh, I think Michael Thomas is probably going to have a big game uh, this week, so I'm going to go Saints. Yeah, I mean, I definitely could see the Saints winning by, like, a touchdown. Uh, I just – I don't know. I'm taking the Falcons, so. All right, well, that is going to wrap it up uh, for this week's episode. Uh, we are planning on having an episode for next week, um, which we'll talk about – NFL uh, after week 11 and most likely NBA free agency, which starts, uh, which started uh, after the NBA draft. So we'll get more signings, maybe some trades will go through, who knows, but we'll most likely be talking uh, NBA and then NFL. And yeah, that's probably what it's going to be for these next couple episodes of the NBA starting up soon and the NFL is getting into the playoffs. So that's what you'll be expecting from us. Drew, do you have anything to say? Uh, yeah, actually, uh, Danilo Gallinari just signed a three-year, $61 million contract with the Hawks. So I guess that takes uh, Gordon Hayward to the Hawks out of – that's not going to happen anymore. 
Yeah, I, I just saw that too. Yeah, that's a – I mean, I guess we don't have to get into it right now, but we can get to it later. But, uh, yeah, we, we're going to be seeing signings like this. I think it's actually going to be a pretty busy uh, NBA free agency, and we're going to see some pretty big signings. So, Yeah. All right, well, that's going to wrap it up. Uh, remember, we are going to be on YouTube uh, full-time, Whole Nine Yards podcast. Uh, tell people, subscribe to the channel. Uh, do anything you'd like. Give us feedback. We'll take anything. And uh, thanks. Yep.